In this episode, we talk about how you can land more clients for your freelance business or really any business you're trying to build. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and today's episode, I'm sitting down with Stephen Mayo from Stephen Mayo Coaching to talk about how you can get more clients and the real problem that you need to solve if you want to consistently bring in the number and the type of clients that you want to work with. Now, I do have to tell you that this episode is sponsored. Uh, This is in partnership with Stephen Mayo Coaching. However, it is no less valuable for it. So you're going to want to stick around to the end of this episode because Stephen has put together an incredible offer for you. And at the end, you'll hear how you can redeem that. So if you want to have some one-on-one time with him, you want some coaching, you want some help with your business and you want it all for free, well, stick around until the end of the episode. So Stephen coaches entrepreneurs and successful professionals to generate more of the outcomes they want. His clients have learned to attract more customers, sell more effectively, generate higher cash flow, and manage their teams more effectively. With over 10 years experience as a consultant serving Fortune 500 clients, Stephen brings firsthand experience of how small shifts in mindset can produce extraordinary results. And if that doesn't sound like a perfect guest for this show, I'm really not sure who would be. So without further ado, if you want to learn how to get more clients, if you're trying to grow a business and you are stuck, you want to increase your client load, increase the quality of client that you work with and attract more of what you want into your business, then stick around for my interview with Stephen Mayo from Stephen Mayo Coaching. Let's get into it. All right, so I am sitting down with Stephen Mayo from Stephen Mayo Coaching. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Greg, thanks. Pleasure to be here. Super, super excited to have you as well. So the problem we're tackling today is one that I've definitely struggled with and still struggle with to, to some extent. And I know many of the people listening to this episode that are freelancers, they're small business owners, they're coaches, they're consultants. Um, they have some sort of skill or talent that they're trying to monetize in this world. They struggle with this problem of how to get more client. And this is something that you've worked with a lot of people on, right? This is something that you've really helped solve for a lot of people. That's right. Uh, Most of the clients I work with are small business owners. And as you know, as a a small business owner, that is a central task and challenge of how do I attract customers? How do I um, find and connect with more of the clients that could benefit from what I offer? Yeah. So tell me a little bit before we jump into the problem, tell me a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do. Um, and I'd love to actually also hear a little bit about how you got into it. Like why this problem? How did you start helping people solve this? Sure. Sure. So the majority of what I do now is one-on-one coaching with small business owners um, and helping them to produce more of the results that they want. And how I got here, I, um, 
I spent 10, 12 years in finance and consulting, doing analytical work, uh, working with large companies. And for me, a side hobby was I was fascinated by how do people get better at the things they're doing? How do they develop better habits? How do they add more satisfaction to their lives? I wanted to learn more. And so I was doing reading and writing and trying to learn everything I could about it. Um, and then one day I'm on a plane and I sat next to a coach and we got talking and I realized geez, people do this professionally. People do this for a living. I had no idea. And so um, that was a big uh, new world that I stepped to in that point. So I started doing research and training to become um, trained and certified myself. And so uh, two years ago, I started working one-on-one with clients myself. And it's been a, it's been a really fun journey to um, use a little bit of the past experience I have in the business world and a lot of the training and research I've done over the years to help small business owners and other clients to produce more of the things they want. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so let's let's tackle this issue then. So how do we get more clients? What is it that, um, what exactly is the problem? Why is it that we have the skills, like we know we can help people or we have the solution to a problem and we just aren't able to get that in front of people or get them to say yes. Like what, what is the struggle here? Yeah. So regardless of what business you're in, whether you're a, uh, you lead a team of developers, you've got a company or you're working independent, like, like you're a real estate broker or something like that. Whatever the case is, when I talk to folks, the recurring theme is selling and marketing seems hard, right? So a lot of people are willing to dive in and try it. Uh, many of them are successful to a degree, but um, they tell me it feels like a chore. It feels uncomfortable. It, it feels less than authentic. Um, maybe it even feels sleazy or dishonest. And it's true. It can feel that way. And, but if that's the way it feels to you, it probably gets in the way of doing it as well as you'd like. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I find when I talk to people is they say, I say, well, why is it, why is it not working? And they say, oh, well, you know, I just need a better process. I just need a better script. I just need better language. I just, I just need better skills. And I encourage people to work on their skills. Go ahead, read the books, read the, listen to the blogs, um, do everything you can to build your skills. And I think that working on your skills is only part of the equation. And I think the other part of the equation that doesn't get a lot of attention is working on your perspective. So what, um, let's, because I think you're right in that breakdown, but let's, let's revisit something here. Do you have any insight as to why, uh, people, like, why does sales feel so icky? Yeah. So many people have some story they've created about what it means to be a salesperson salesperson looks like this, a salesperson does these things. Oh, to be a good salesperson, you've got to be, some people think you have to be willing to fudge the truth a little bit or tell people what they want to hear or um, other versions of that. And that doesn't feel good to people. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, especially for people that have put a lot of time and energy into building their craft or developing their skills at something that really serves people well, that feels like such a, um, an honest endeavor. And then to find out that, Oh wait, to get people to buy this thing, I've got to trick them a little bit, or I've got to tell them something they want to hear that. 
that rubs people the wrong way. And they say, I don't want to do that. And so it, um, that's one of the ways that marketing or selling can turn into something uncomfortable. Got it. So it's almost like people conflate the idea of sales with manipulation. Yes, that's exactly. Yep. So could you then, uh, for those of us who maybe still feel that way, like, what is the difference? Like, how should we be thinking about sales versus something that is actually icky and gross, like manipulating somebody? Yeah. So I think, I think it's one of the places to start is looking at what's your perspective about selling and marketing and perspective is just another word for what's your belief. What's your assumption? What's the, what's the lens? You could think of this as like wearing a a pair of glasses um, that you look through and whatever you're doing. My experience is you have a perspective about it. You've got an attitude or a belief about it and Mm -hmm your perspective about it shapes the options you see available. It shapes um, what you think is possible. It shapes the action you're willing to take. And so the perspective you have about something like selling and marketing influences the way you show up and the way you interpret it and the way you go about it. Got it. Okay. And so um, is there, because one thing I've heard a lot, and this is sort of maybe what helped me get over that ickiness with sales. Uh, and, and I really want to, to dig into this part before we get into the actual process, just because mm-hmm. I think the process isn't going to be valuable until somebody believes that sales is, is actually a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so one thing that, that has always helped me is the idea that in selling something to somebody, truly what you're doing is guiding them to the solution to a problem. Um, would you say that that's a good way of thinking about it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about, so as I talk to folks that have their own, have their business, they, they know that what they have is valuable and they've seen from folks they work with from their clients, they've seen people be satisfied and pleased with the results they get. And so, um, if the better you are as a salesperson, the more effectively you can connect people that need what you have to offer with the opportunity to buy that, the more satisfied customers, humans, you're going to create. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's move ahead uh, a little bit here. When, so let's, let's say I'm starting over, right? So Mm -hmm. it's 2016. I'm just starting my freelance podcast editing business, right? And I'm struggling to land clients. Uh, do you have any, like what, it, what is going on in my life as a result of that? Like, how is this showing up for me? Hmm. So one of the things you're probably doing is reaching out to people or contacting people or um, uh, having conversations and other communications. Maybe you're launching um, a blog or different things like that, but you're having interactions with people that you would one day like um, to have as clients or listeners or different forms like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, chances are that the perspective you have about that, you probably have multiple perspectives about that. And some of those might be getting in the way. So it could be, for example, could be things like, Oh, my, my customer can't afford this, or this person doesn't need what I have to offer. Or, uh, Oh, this, if you're, if you're making like phone calls, Oh, this person doesn't have time to talk to me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
my listeners don't want to hear from me again. I just talked to them or just sent this message last week. And so if that's the perspective or way you're approaching this from, you can see how that might get in the way of taking action or might get in the way of um, doing the kinds of things you need to do in order to create more connections. Mm. Yeah. And, and so I'm doing all of the tasks required to drive sales, the outreach, the conversations, but I never really feel like I'm worth their time or that I have anything valuable to bring to them. Yeah. And you, you probably are avoiding some of the, some of the actions that could be really valuable simply because that feels uncomfortable from the perspective you have. Mm. To give, I guess to give an example, I'm thinking about a, a, um, some clients I've worked with. One of the perspectives that people bring to things is I have to say yes. I have to say yes. I can't say no to things. Mm-hmm. Um, applies to selling, but applies to lots of places. People have this uh, perception that I have to say yes to things. Well, what does that lead to? If you've got if you've got a reluctance to say no to tell people, sorry, I can't do that that easily can lead to a schedule that's full of things that you don't really want to be doing. Right. And so now you have the schedule full of things you don't want to be doing. And so people say, Oh, I got to work on my time management skills. I got to work on my organization. I need a better calendar. I need, and so they go working on all these skills or, um, finding another app or something. They work on these skills when really the problem is, is much, much simpler. It was, you've got a, you have a hard time saying no to things. Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's that distinction between skills and perspective that you were, you're bringing up earlier. Yes, exactly. That's right. So what, um, in your opinion, why is it that, because this, this conversation sounds really familiar to uh, many of us listening that have tackled maybe other areas of our personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, like there does seem to be this excessive focus on the tactics quote unquote or the skills versus Mm -hmm. the strategy and mindset or the the perspective side of things uh what is it about like fixing this individual widget that feels like well that's the way to make progress versus the internal work that that's required to to actually fix the problem Mm, what, what makes the tactics so appealing yeah exactly yeah you know one of the things that can make it so appealing is that you don't have to do the, the uncomfortable stuff. Mm. Um, it can seem like, you know, so with that example, if, if saying no is really what's uncomfortable, well then going to download some app or to work on your schedule or to make a list of priorities and practice doing that. Um, that doesn't force you to say no to some people. And so it gives you a way to, it gives you an outlet to, work on it and feel good about working on it without really tackling the uncomfortable part. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a, uh, paraphrasing, but, but a line from, I think it was Tim Ferriss a while back is something like, um, you know, business is the things we, the things we do that, that, uh, get in the way of making the few essential, but uncomfortable decisions. <laughs> That's actually a, a very, uh, valuable quote to keep in mind. Right. And it's, uh, it's funny how often, um, how often we will seek out things that might even be hard and cumbersome and, 
um, time consuming just so we don't have to make that one or two uh, short but uncomfortable decisions that would move mm-hmm. us forward. Yeah. Yeah. So what does this actually look like? What does the, we, we now know that the, the tactics of it, the strategy, the, or rather the, um, the business side, as Tim Ferriss would say, isn't the solution. Like that might make us feel good in the moment, but that's not necessarily going to solve the underlying problem. What is the solution? How do we start to fix this? Yeah. So I think there are two pieces to this. Um, one is there's nothing wrong with having a perspective. In fact, whatever you're doing, you're going to have a perspective about it, some way you approach it. Um, mm. I'm unstoppable or, oh, be careful or I'm so unlucky or don't rock the boat. You're always going to have a perspective about things. And your perspective has an upside and it probably has a downside. Yeah, Every perspective is that way. From my experience, what gets people in the most trouble is when they have a perspective, but they don't realize it. Mm. It's like having, it's like you've got a pair of glasses on your face, but you don't realize that they're there. You've got a pair of glasses on, they're causing, they're, uh, they're illuminating some things, they're blocking other things, they're drawing attention to certain things. You've got these glasses on your face, they're influencing how you see everything, but you don't even realize they're on your face. And so you don't realize that you're seeing things with that lens. Yeah. And that's what uh, can be the most, um, the most devilish, the most tricky gets in the way because you, you think, oh, I'm looking at this with an open mind. I'm looking at this from an unbiased perspective. I don't have any angle with this. And yet, um, and yet you do. They're on your face and, and it is influencing what you see. Mm-hmm. And that's what can get, get in your way the most, especially with something like selling or marketing. For example, if you, um, let's say that uh, your perspective is my client doesn't have time to talk with me. And so it's time to make a phone call. And your perspective is my client doesn't have time for this. My, they don't really want to talk with me. And so you jump in and, and you're going fast because you're kind of thinking, oh, they don't have time. So, uh, Roger, hi, this is Steven. Uh, five minutes talk real quick, real quick. And you're rushing, rushing, rushing because you've got this lens of, oh, they don't really have time to talk with me. Mm-hmm. Versus, hi, Roger, this is Steven. We spoke last week. You started to tell me about X, Y, and Z. I'd love to hear more. Do you have some time to talk about this now? Oh, you don't right now. Would you like to set some time for later this week? You can see how um, if you take that lens off of, oh, they don't have time to talk with me, it frees you up to um, to be yourself and to come mm-hmm. at it with the attention on your client as opposed to um, fulfilling that that lens that you have on. Yeah. So step one, acknowledge the perspective that you already have and recognize that having a perspective is okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. To embrace the, um, to embrace the choice of what perspective would you like to wear? So a a way to think of it would be you're, you've always got a pair of glasses on, no matter what you're doing, you've always got a pair of glasses on. The question is, do you like the pair that you have on is the pair Mm -hmm. that you have on serving you well? for the things that you want to accomplish. And if not, what do you want to put on instead? Yeah. So once you've let, let's, let's talk through that then. So you acknowledge the glasses that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 
to, to dive into some of like, and, and I know the tactic side of this isn't always helpful, but maybe when applied to a specific uh, larger strategy, what can you do to change out those glasses? Because I think a lot of people might acknowledge their perspective, but maybe feel stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got a four step process that I think helps to do a little bit of both of those. One, it helps you to give a name to the way you're seeing things and then a way to move past it. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't I'll, I'll outline the, the four steps briefly and then let's, let's look at it, what it, what it might look like in a specific situation. Perfect. Um, so the four steps are one, look at your situation and separate what are the facts from what's the part that you imagine. So separate the facts, what you see, from the part that you imagine. Mm. Number two is challenge the part that you imagine. This is, this is another way to say your perspective. You know, our, our imagination is this really powerful machine. It's capable of incredible creativity, but it's also got a, uh, it's got a disposition to keep us safe. And so it's always looking for stories to tell about how things might go bad. So step two is challenge the part that you imagine because it might not be true. So decide whether it's true. Step three is if, if you think it's not true, decide what is true. What is true instead? What's the thing that you'd, what's the thing that you'd rather be wearing? And number four is take some action to build evidence supporting this thing that you've decided is true. Mm. Give yourself some evidence so that next time you're here, you've got a little bit of, um, got some supporting facts. You've got some evidence. You've got your, uh, your body has something to lean on to say, okay, I don't have to take that perspective. I've always taken, I can look at it a different way. So that's the four steps. One, separate from what you, uh, what you see, what's so separate the facts from what you imagine Two, challenge the parts you imagine three. If it's not true, decide what is true. And number four, take some action to build evidence of what you've decided is true. Got it. And so how does, because I imagine people that you've worked with in the past going through this, I'm, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of, I don't want to use the word failure, but sort of falling off the, the wagon a little bit, right? So you're, you're going through the process, but maybe you're struggling to separate or maybe you are struggling to, to really challenge it in, in a deep way. Uh, what advice would you have for someone trying to go through those four steps, but getting stuck somewhere? Mm. So let's, um, well, let's take a look at an example and this, and this might yeah, help please. a little bit. So um, let's say that you're, uh, you know, you met somebody, you met somebody last week at a networking event, and now it's time to, uh, to make a phone call to follow up with that person. So first, let's just, so step one, let's separate what the facts are from what we imagine. So um, if you're looking at that and it feels a little bit uncomfortable, the, the facts of this are, okay, you talk to this person and the person said, sure, give me a call. Maybe you asked them, hey, can I, can I follow up with you? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, give me a call. So the facts are, they said, give me a call. What's the part you imagine? The part that, um, for at least from people I talk to, the part they're imagining is 
oh, that person, they, they didn't really mean it. Or, oh, yeah, they said that, but they probably don't really have time to talk with me. They don't really need what I have to offer. Mm. If you can, if you can take a minute to, to recognize that and realize like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm kind of telling some stories that might be true, might not be true, but they're not grounded. In fact, there are things that I'm making up about this. The person told me that I was welcome to call. So to the point of the, to the question you asked a minute ago of, okay, what if you're getting kind of stuck of getting past that bit of, Oh, how do I know they didn't really mean it? How do I know they don't have time to talk with me? So let's think about what's the truth here. The truth might be, yes, perhaps this person is busy. Maybe they're overworked. This person I talked with, maybe they have lots in their minds, but chances are they have time for solutions that make their life better. So, Oftentimes, the, the way to um, identify the truth or the truth that at least serves you, serves you well in serving your customers is not necessarily just to pick the opposite of this thing you're imagining, but to think about what does my customer really want here? Got it. Yes, they're busy. They're overworked. Maybe they tell people all the time they don't have time for that. But what do they really want? They want solutions. They want people that can help make their lives easier. They want people that can um, help them get more of what they want. And so for, for you sitting down having about to make this phone call, what is the truth? Yes, this person's busy and they have time for valuable solutions. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's that's incredibly, incredibly helpful. And it sounds like just to, to really tie this together for, mm -hmm. for somebody out there listening, it sounds like the way to solve this issue of why can't I get more clients is, yes, you need to take the actions, right? The stuff that'll drive clients. But before that, even you need to do the inner work. You need to figure out what are the perspectives? What are the glasses I'm wearing that are stopping me from approaching this in the way that I need to in order to drive that outcome? Exactly. Exactly. Of those four steps I mentioned, the first three are this, what you just called the inner work, the paying attention to what, what's the perspective and how is that getting in my way? And mm -hmm. then part four, which I didn't even mention there, part four is, okay, let's give myself some supporting evidence by calling some people and asking them, Hey, do you have time to talk? Hey, yeah. we spoke last week. You said you were facing this really tricky issue. I'd love to dedicate some time and energy to helping you solve that. Would you yeah. like some help? I love that process. So Steven, you, um, before we, we wrap up here, sure. you're a coach, you work with entrepreneurs, small businesses, freelancers, to help them make their passion more profitable. Could you tell us a little bit more about who you work with and if anyone's interested, how they can connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I do work with small business owners all the time, folks that are getting the results they want, but they want more of those things. Mm -hmm. They want, they want more. Um, and while I encourage them to refine their skills, I found that many clients can make big jumps in the success they're seeing just by shifting their mindset. And, Things like the perspective we just talked about is one of the places that we oftentimes look. Um, so I know that listeners of Tiny Leaps are hungry to improve and hungry to see better results. So 
some folks out there might be thinking to themselves, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to attract more customers. Um, and I can see how working on this sort of thing might be beneficial for me. So um, with that in mind, what I'm, uh, what I'd like to do is um, typically when I'm looking at working with new customers, I do a 15 minute phone consultation to see where they want to go and whether it's a good fit. What I'd like to do for tiny leaps listeners is to say, let's do, let's sit down and do a one hour coaching session. Let's take an hour, dive in and see if we can use that hour to produce some new insights for you to help you be even more effective at attracting more customers as an example. Um, so what we'll do is, um, if folks go to Stephen coaching.com, that's the, that's my website. They can learn a little bit more about me. You can sign up for a weekly email that I have if you'd like to get some tips and resources, but what you can also do there is you can get access to my schedule and I'll put a, um, I'll put a thing in there where you can choose the tiny leaps option and that'll be a one hour coaching session with me. And I'd love to help you use that hour to move forward in whatever way is going to serve you best. I love that. So a full hour with Steven uh, and, and to make things easier, of course, all the links are in the description as always to his website and to this particular page. Uh, but if you're driving right now, you, you can't click on something, just head over to tinyleaps.fm slash Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. That's tinyleaps.fm slash Steven. I'm going to set up a redirect so that that goes directly to the scheduling page. Uh, Stephen, this has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. Uh, I know there's so many people sitting down right now or, or driving or running or whatever it is they're doing that this has solved a major problem for. Uh, any last pieces of advice before we jump off here? Uh, Greg, I'm just grateful for you giving me the opportunity to be on here and contribute. Uh, I love the way your platform makes uh, makes all these little shifts and um, changes that people really need to hear digestible. And I'm glad to be part of it. So thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. And for those of you listening, thank you for taking the time. You could have spent the last 30 minutes with anybody and, and you decided to spend it with us. So thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for that. I hope you found this helpful. If you are struggling right now to solve that issue of how do I get more clients? Like maybe you've had some success, but it's just not consistent yet. Or it's just, uh, it doesn't feel like you're in control of it yet. I encourage you to reach out to Steve and take him up on that one hour uh coaching call because this is not something he offers uh, really to anybody else as far as I've seen. And it's something that I can tell you, having known him for a little while now, it's going to be phenomenally valuable. And you can find that by heading over to tinyleaps.fm slash Stephen. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N tinyleaps.fm slash Stephen. Thank you again for listening. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day.